explicit violence in your writings? It's what I do, is one answer. I write horror fiction. There is a kind of curiosity that we have as human beings about our life processes. One of our last life processes is death. It's a legitimate subject for curiosity. We shouldn't be ashamed that the macabre or the morbid exercises some fascination upon us. I tell it like it is. If it's there in my mind's eye, I put it on the page. And that seems to me to be a legitimate way to write. Thank you, everyone, for joining Written in Red, the horror reader and writer's podcast. It's an honor to be here beside my comrades, uh, where we are going to be having a, a wonderful conversation today about what? the little, They got big toes, creepy little faces. They hide under the bridge, right? Mm. What are they? All the fucking trolls. The trolls. We're going to be talking about all sorts of cuckery today uh, with these trolls. And you know what I'm saying? Like the the conversation is don't feed the trolls. Okay. So we're going to get into that. But as you know, first we have to do our author spotlight, which Daniel's going to present today. We're going to do Wesley Southard. But before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves again. I'm Aaron Beauregard, the Splatterpunk Award-nominated horror author. Uh, my new book, All Smiles Until I Return, was just released in Wedding Day Massacre and Scary Bastard in audiobook form. Awesome. Daniel J. Volpe. Thank you, Aaron Beauregard. Uh, Daniel <laughs> J. Volpe. Uh, you guys know me, uh, author Billy Silver, Talia. My newest book, Left to You, is out now on Amazon, and my vampire novella, a Gift of Death is available now on Audible in audiobook. Uh, favorite of our next host, Raw Dog Roland Bercy Jr. Roland, take it away. Hey, hey everybody. Uh, Roland Bercy Jr. here, um, author of Pre-Thanksgiving Stress Disorder, which is getting, getting pretty good reviews. Actually, some people say that's my best story so far. Um, but I have Unbortion out there, which I think is also oh. a good story. And Payback is a Witch, working on two more things right now. This should be out sometime next year. Uh, Carver? Carver Pike here, author of Shadow Puppets, Red Grave, Scalp, Grad Night, Diablo Snuff Series. I don't know what the fuck you're laughing about. What the fuck do I say that's funny every time? I love you, man. You're oh, my wait, favorite. Rolling. <laughs> do, I, do, I get a, do I get a fucking booger in my nose or something? No. <laughs> no. Beautiful. Fresh and clean. Fresh and clean. Come on, Carver. Finish your introduction. <laughs> I, I don't even know where I, I'm. Carver Pike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it. you are, dude. I love it. Carver. I am. I love it, dude. You're the top dog. All right. Um, so we are the Written in Red podcast. Let's go ahead and get into our author spotlight. The very talented Wesley Souther and Daniel Volpe. Yes. Um, so today we're going to talk about, like Aaron said, a very talented author, Wesley Southard. Uh, Wes is an awesome, 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 uh, awesome <laughs> author. It's like Mike Tyson. Uh, he is a splatterpunk winning author. Um, 
he and his wife Katie just had a baby. So if you guys would love to buy some books, I'm sure Wes would appreciate that and definitely support his uh, their their growing family. Um, he also had a bunch of. He's probably sold out by now, but if he's not, definitely message him on Facebook. Uh, no weirdos, like we said before, for the Ryan Harding. All weirdos. RolandBerseyJr.com. Please message Roland. Send him all the weirdos. Um, <laughs> I got a couple of uh, Wes's books here. One for the Road, which I think we talked about this before. This won a Spider-Punk Award. Uh, I read this. It is excellent. It's about a heavy metal band that they end up in a, in a place that's not, not so friendly. Um, excellent novella, and you could definitely see why this won the Spider-Punk Award. He won award, an award in... 2021 for a short story i don't recall what that story was but uh i'm pretty sure it was a short story that he won uh, another book that i have of his here uh cruel summer i've yet i haven't read any of his other ones but this is definitely a a, a cool looking book yeah has uh this is signed by him obviously because i bought them all through him definitely looks like another another cool one resisting madness very classic kind of vhs type cover in the back even is kind of you know, got that throwback vibe to it. Uh, this is a collection of short stories. Looks also awesome. And the other book that I have by him, The Final Gate, written by a friend of the show, uh, along with Wes, uh, Lucas Mangum, who is a fucking rock star. Also, The Final Gate is definitely got that Italian splatter feel to it. Um, so definitely craft after Fulci. So it's definitely something that you guys want to check out. Uh, Wes is not only a great author, but he's a great guy. You know, I've reached out to him before on Facebook. He's always been cool to chat with, you know, um, to get to pick his brain on a few things. Uh, he's always very responsive to messages. So, uh, like I said, congratulations to him and his wife on, on the birth of their son. And uh, go support him. Go out, go on Amazon, get all his shit. Contact him for some signed copies. Uh, I'm sure he, he would appreciate it. What about you guys? Any uh, interactions with Wes? You need to get him some coffee, actually. He, dude's tired, man. <laughs> he, put, <laughs> yeah, you know. he posted on Twitter today. He's going through that newborn baby, like, no sleep, you know, at the beginning stages when the baby just doesn't sleep at all, man. Mm -hmm. I know he's exhausted. He posted something today, like, what is sleep again or something like that? Oh, so yeah. send him some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he seems like a cool really dude. cool dude. I, I haven't read any of his work yet, um, but I've heard that it's awesome. Um, Cruel Summers, one that I, I have on my TBR that I wanted to read, and uh, the one that I can't remember the name, the one where it looks like the face was being stretched. Resisting that you madness. have there, yeah, yeah, that one there too. But um, yeah, he seems like a really nice guy, and uh, uh, I've been going back and forth with him a little bit on Twitter and stuff. But Roland, were you gonna say something? No, I was trying to think. I, I think I met. Him. Well, I think it was at KillerCon that I met him. Was KillerCon in 2020? No, I don't think it was in 2020, because that's, that's a... No, that was virtual, too, 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Was it? Sorry. Or was it no, 2021? It was 2021 was virtual. Yeah. I know that well, was the last two, The last two were virtual. Oh, both, both of them. Were the last okay. two, and they yeah, were virtual. I did the one before that, and I think that was the last one that wasn't virtual. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, well, I, uh, you know, he's a friend on Facebook, and I've uh, read One for the Road. Uh, but um, he seems like a great guy. Congratulations on your new baby, and I hope they get to sleep through the night one of these days when he turns 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I haven't had any personal interactions with Wesley, um, but I did watch a few of his panels at KillerCon. I believe he was on the collaboration panel, too, which I really did uh, enjoy that panel. If not, he might have been on another one, but I think he was on the collab one. Um, and just as a whole, that, uh, you know, seeing him on those, definitely knowledgeable. Um, sounds like, uh, you know, he has a lot of great stories to tell. And also, Roland, he's, believe it or not, he's in the um, the Matt Shaw collection with us. Battered, broken bodies, it looks like. So, Yes. I just got my copy today. It's beautiful. So, book. actually, we're in a book with him, which is really cool. Um, I have that, so I'll be reading his story yeah. in that, as well as yours, Roland, and uh, all the others. But, yeah, he seems like a great dude. Always got good vibes watching his panels and stuff. Nice. And, uh uh, professional on the internet which is tough for some people apparently but we're going to get to that uh in a, just a few minutes but any other words we want to say about uh wesley southern no just like we said um you know check out his work it's not only is he a great guy he's really a good author uh, i really enjoyed one for the road i know it's a short novella but i i flew through that in yeah. like a couple hours uh it was just great characterization the background story was great and, you know, everything about it. The kill scenes are fucking brutal. So the, there's definitely a reason why this guy is a two-time Splatterpunk award-winning author. So check him out. Looks like he has some audiobooks, too. Actually, The Cruel Summer is on Audible. So you know me and my audiobooks. So I'll be definitely yeah. checking that one out. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of his other ones that I heard him talking about, too, is called Slaves to Gravity. Uh, yes, that was with Summer Cannon. I think that's more of like a science fiction kind of horror book. Um, uh-huh. yes. I know he wrote that with her, and that one looked pretty cool too. But kind of had to make a decision, and um, I definitely I went with Final Gates because you know I know I know Lucas Mangum is a fucking rock star, and writing with with Wes, and it's going to be straight splatter horror. So I went with that one. I think he was actually in Gorefest with me as well. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was in that too. Yeah, I shot. remember seeing his name on that. Yeah. Anyway, you can't go wrong. Uh, sounds like he's got a plethora of books to choose from. So, again, a lot of these books cost as little as a cup of coffee. So, if um, you want to try and support an independent author, uh, you know, they're going to definitely appreciate that. And yeah, especially having a newborn. Having yeah. a newborn. Holy shit. Diapers ain't cheap. You know? Yeah, no shit. Formula. God. Yeah. But uh, great, great uh, author highlight. So, again, Wesley Southern, check him out. And I guess now we're going to sort of shift gears into our main discussion. Don't feed the trolls. So once you've got an edited book with a finished cover and it's been uploaded and you are published it and you're selling it and you've got people interested, but what about the people that hate you? That's the question we discussed today. <laughs> I don't know that. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> so I think the first point that I have, guys, and this is an important one and I think really good to start with, is we need to be really clear about this. Criticism versus trolling, okay? Those, are, those can often be conflated um, by sensitive fucks out there. And, uh, you know... You might think that they're one and the same. They're really not. There's a there's a big difference between trolling and criticism. And 
criticism is when just, you know, somebody, honestly, your book wasn't their cup of tea. Um, they're giving reasonable critiques, things they didn't like. Um, and then, obviously, trolling is they're just pretty much fucking with you to fuck with you. You know, try and get a rise out of you. Try and create a reaction. Um, get under your skin, right? Um, what do you guys have? Do you have anything to say about criticism versus trolling or any distinctions maybe that I missed? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely, there are definitely those people who will sometimes come at, like you can tell when somebody's trolling you because they will consistently give you, for example, like a one-star review on all of your books, for example. So usually if somebody reads one of your books and they don't like it and they give it a one-star review and they give you some criticism, that's fine. And usually if somebody doesn't like your book, they might give it your, you know, another one of your books a try, give you a second chance, and if it's not their cup of tea, they'll move on, usually to a different author. Whereas a troll, oftentimes, <laughs> you'll see this person will, all of your books will be like just one stars from that person, you know what I mean? Like consistently one star from all of them, and sometimes with no explanation. Mm. And I've even seen on Goodreads, it's funny, um, a lot of times on Goodreads, trolls will uh, hit your books before they even come out. Like your book's not even out yet, but it's showing on Goodreads, and you'll start getting negative reviews, like one-star reviews. It's yeah. like the book's not even out yet. Like how the fuck do I have a one-star review when the book's not out, you know? You mentioned that, Carver, and you know what's, what's crazy is I saw a post that goodreads put up at one point and what they were saying is that trolls were coming after authors approaching them directly saying either we want some form of compensation or we want books or something or we're gonna fucking one star the shit out of your shit and we have what? a bunch of people that are gonna do it and we're gonna fucking ruin your shit and so people were contacting goodreads Telling them, yo, there's like these organized campaigns attacking authors, and basically that's like holding them for ransom or some shit almost. You know, like, you know, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna shit on your book in unison if you don't fucking give us some kind of compensation or some shit. You know, that's crazy. Wow, yeah, it's like like internet piracy. There, like they're just using holding you ransom, and and they might still not like your book, or who even knows? You know these. Those are like the ultimate trolls where they're just – they're out there trying – they're malicious. You know, They're acting in a malicious way to try to get something for free, especially money. I mean that's – you're pretty much fucking strong-arming someone so mm -hmm. you don't ruin someone's chances at having um, fair reviews. I'm not even going to say good reviews. I'll just say fair reviews You know, because mm -hmm. I think that in the, at the end of the day, that's all we really want. And um, yeah. you know, if somebody – I just recently got – it was a two-and-a-half star. It was a three-star review on one of my books. And it wasn't just a star rating. The person left a nice in-depth review on why they didn't care for it. And I appreciated that because they – not only did they spend their money to buy the book, but they took their time to read the book. And then they took the time to post something about it. So even though – you know, some people might think as authors we get upset, we get low star reviews. Most of us do not. You know, I like I said, I appreciate it and I almost feel – you know, not bad for that person, but they use their time. We know time is valuable and it, it's finite. They use their time and their money to invest in me and unfortunately it didn't pay out for them. So 
even the yeah. lower stars, I appreciate them. You know, if you don't like it, you didn't like it. And there's a lot of books out there that, you know, Stephen King has one star reviews. You know, everybody gets one star reviews, two star reviews, and it, it just happens to everyone. And I think the way you react to that um, really shows a lot about your character. And obviously, we're going to talk more about not only trolls, but we're going to talk about authors that feed the trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, with the like the like you said, the two star, one star reviews. I had a two star review on uh, Goodreads, and this. Nice review. They told me why they didn't like the book. And, you know, it actually motivated me to have the book re-edited because I don't want my readers to start reading any of my work and not be happy with the finished product. I can't make everybody happy, but that two-star review helped me to make the book even better in the long run. So I do appreciate them like YouTube. Um, I haven't run across trolls yet. Um, thank God. And I don't know how I would have responded to that because um, I'm, de- I'm a decent guy. I think I'm a pretty nice guy. You're a fucking great guy, Roland. Thank you, Dan. Top notch. Top notch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, if somebody ever did that to me, I think I would be freaking, I don't know, it would affect me very negatively because I'm, I'm an emotional guy. Not overly emotional, but I'm just a, a guy who can... Or it's not afraid to show his emotions. So if I had some type of troll fucking with me like that, I don't think I would be happy about that shit. Yeah. And we get them. I had one that not long ago where I, I give a guy a less than desirable review and he found out I was an author and he emailed me and he vowed to one star everything I wrote. Everything I wrote, really? one star. It was like, this book's a piece of shit. Uh, I don't think he's done it in a while, but he emailed me and messaged me and said, Fuck you for leaving me a shitty review, and everything you write is getting a one-star review for me. So I just didn't yeah. answer him. I just went about my business and just let him fucking, you know, wallow in his misery because obviously he's a miserable fucking asshole. And but were you it. worried? Were, no. were you worried like like that's gonna affect your future sales, or did it affect you like just any other way? No, he he once started like one or two books and said that they were garbage, and that was pretty much it. And it didn't bother me. I didn't respond to him. I didn't feed the troll. I just let it be. It was one person's opinion, um, and you know our interaction didn't wasn't favorable to him, and he didn't like it. So he decided he was gonna. That was how he was gonna take it out. But yeah. it didn't hurt me. Yeah. Now let me. It would have fed into it. It would have continued as opposed to just ignoring it and letting it. Go away. Well, yeah. I saw, I saw a girl on TikTok today. I, I can't remember the author's name. On, I don't think she's a horror author, but I saw her on TikTok today, and she was she was crying in the video. But she showed how, I guess she'd put out. She has a series of books, and I, I want to say there's like eight or ten of these books in a row, and I, like the first five or six of them or something, she put out for free. And I guess the sixth one or whatever, she she charged for it, like her sixth or seventh book, whatever. And so somebody had read all of her books and loved them, like gave them like five-star reviews and stuff like that until they got to the one they had to buy and then gave her a one-star review bitching about having to buy the book, saying, I can't believe you would give all your books for free and then suddenly expect us to pay for one. Like, you know, this is unbelievable, blah, 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 blah. And then not only that, but went back and changed all the five-star reviews to one-stars for all the previous books. 
And yeah. so this girl was like in tears saying, you know, you give and give and give as an author and like you just can't give enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like somebody who you thought was a fan, you know what I mean? Who actually yeah. loved your work was so upset that you expect them to actually pay for your work, you know? Yeah, that's you work so hard on your work and they're going to go back and try to destroy you like that just because you, you know? And that's I that's a special kind of people. asshole right there, though. I mean, you know, I mean, that's definitely a troll there. You know what I mean? Come on. Well, think um, about it. These people like as indie authors, man, we're fucking barely eating off this shit. Most of us aren't. Most of us are working shitty fucking jobs that are pushing us to the fucking edge and we're about to fucking snap. And then when we come home from that shitty job, we're on a fucking laptop staring at a screen for another five hours trying to write, trying to fucking edit, trying, you know what I mean? Trying to format, trying to learn stuff to figure out how to self-publish so that we can get out of this fucking thing that we hate, you know, and do what we love. And oftentimes catching grief from your spouse or your kids because you're you know taking time away to do this stuff too so it's just like you can't win you're getting hit from all sides but right and then when you get somebody that just feels somehow entitled to your hard work and the all the work the late nights that you put in you know to to bring this to fruition your damn self because ain't nobody else fucking helping you with it then they just feel somehow entitled to shit on you and that that's unacceptable. And I want to go back to what you guys were saying, okay? Because Roland talked about learning. And I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a similar review, a three-star on Pizza Face that had something to do with editing as well. And that caused me to go and re-revise all of my books. Nice. Um, which again, so that there there are good things to be had from honest reviews. So I think you and me took the same path. We we took it on the chin. We said, this person's right at the end of the day. And they're entitled to a, the cleanest possible product if they're paying their money for it. This is a valid criticism. Let's go and make this better, right? Yeah. Um, and so I've yet to see, I don't know about you, but I've yet to see any other type of review of that nature since I really started investing in that. And that's yeah. that's that's learning right now i want to pivot that learning point to daniel just because i'm curious would you do what you did in reviewing that person's like i i believe i don't remember if you told me this story or not time frame wise but i thought that that was pretty early when you were an author right like i think you had one book out maybe when you did that review is that right yeah so I was actually, it's this perfect segue into this because I was just going to touch on this. For the most part, especially with an indie author, I will not give out shitty reviews. Yeah. I just will not review your book. Yeah. If I find something that I think is fundamentally wrong with it, and I'm not saying the story because people, I'll never review and say I didn't like this story. Subjective. Because that's, that's subjective. Yeah. If you have a shit ton of typos or there's something wrong with your formatting, I will personally reach out to you and say, hey, man, you know, in a respectful way, I found these errors. You may want to consider a revision. And in retrospect, looking back at this person's um, their story, it was it was full of errors and it was just very a childish story. And I probably shouldn't even give them a one star review. I probably should have messaged them on Goodreads and said, hey, just so you know, I'm an author as well. And these are some of the things that I found with this. I'm not going to put a review on here. And I probably should have done that. But at the time, I really wasn't 
uh, I didn't have my, my finger on the pulse of the indie horror scene. I really mm-hmm. wasn't a part of it. I was more of a reader than a writer. Now, you know, a year and change into being a writer, I kind of see the error in my ways. And I know that now if I read something from somebody that I didn't like or there was errors, I would just message them privately and say, hey, just so you know, you might want to consider cleaning this up. And they might tell me, fuck you, it's perfect. I don't need your, your help. And then I'll go about my business and then let the reviews of others speak for their work. Um, yeah, and that's that's what that's what I was getting at. Like, did you learn anything from that? And really, like, you did because you learned. Um, okay, I want to I want to be like a legit author. Okay, so I don't have time really to one star review and then you know potentially get some sort of reverberations as a result. You know, I'm going to be smart and I'm going to I'm going to sort of separate myself from negativity. You know, let me celebrate the good and shout to the shout to the ceiling about the good stuff. Right. And we just ain't going to talk about the bad because there's no there's no reason. It's nothing good is going to come out of it unless, like you said, you want to do a service to someone personally. You, you maybe see some potential in that person and you reach out to him and you say, you know, I just wanted to let you know. And as long as you do it properly, I think that's fine. But yeah. 99% of the time, in my opinion, just don't even fucking bother, man. Just just, just let it go. You know, That's yeah. what I say yeah. personally. But That's what I learned too is just not to even like – I had an issue a while back. Uh, it was when I first put out my Edge of Reflection books. And I've said before those were actually the first books I ever published. Um, and I, I put those out originally under a different title with different covers and stuff like that. And I don't think I've told you guys this story before. I may have. But um, on Goodreads, somebody reviewed them. And it was, a, it was I thought it was a kind of unfair, mean, nasty kind of review, really. Um, there were definitely some, some criticisms in there that I could learn from. Like, there were some errors and stuff in the book that I needed to fix. Okay. But then there were just some, like, insults and stuff like that at me that were just kind of kind of mean. And uh, a friend of mine saw him and actually kind of went at the reviewer. I wish she hadn't done that, but she went in the comments and just kind of like started going at the reviewer, you know, and they were going back and forth in the comments. So I actually stepped in and said, you know, hey, you know, she has a right to her review. Um, You know, I appreciate the comments, whatever, and tried to squash it. It got me kind of like wrapped up in it, whatever. Um, So... I wound up taking the book down at some point and I fixed all those errors. I did a pretty thorough rewrite of it. I actually added a lot of stuff to it and everything changed the the title, changed the cover. Um, it's almost like a different book. I mean, it's the same story, but a lot of stuff was added to it, put it back up. And then like, like almost as soon as I put this book back up, I get a review saying something along the lines of like, nice try. This author thinks he can put up a different title and a different, uh, cover and just put out the same book and like with all the and just basically copy pasted the same review and made sure it went with the book and i was like what an asshole like you know what i mean like i actually went in and fixed all the shit she said and like tried to you know what i mean like to me that was a troll move because i'm like i fixed the fucking edit the errors that she had mentioned and actually put and i'm like what do you mean by nice try as an author that's our job if we fucked up and the book is wrong we fix it and we make it better. We, you know what I mean? I, I tried to put a cover that I thought was better and a different title. And you know what I mean? was trying to fix the book up. Whereas she was making it seem like I was trying to sneak one under the table, you know, like, yeah. like republish it as a different book or something like that, where I was just kind of like, 
trying to repackage it you know what i mean like fix it up spruce it up stuff like that and and uh i don't know i just thought that was a kind of a dick move but where do i have a question is like where do you find the time to okay. be, yeah. to be fucking I don't even know. Like, how did you even notice that like, yeah it's crazy that yeah. you even that's know. that's it's that's crazy. a troll dude a troll does not have yeah. a life they just hang on the bridge all day waiting to stir shit up you know and that's why um you need to take the higher road you know that's one thing we talk about a lot on this podcast right in regards to comments in regards to hate to shit talk um I, I won't I won't respond to it. I won't engage in it, you know? I will only the only stuff you'll see me put out personally, like on the internet, is like about my writing, um, about other people who I wanna try and help out however I can, like whatever my reach will do, and recognizing readers. That's that's it. Occasionally maybe it's like a movie I like or something, but any kind of comment that takes a turn in a negative direction, I just even if it's about me, won't I won't say anything about it. Even if yeah. even if that person is saying something about me, that's not true. Um, you know, uh, even even if it's something that truly bothers me, you know what I mean. It's going to cause you more trouble in the long run engaging in it. I think th- nobody wins battles on the internet, man. Yeah, nobody let fucking it, wins, dude. Let it die in the vine. I said, let it die on the vine and just leave it be. Yeah. And because like Aaron said, if you engage them, even if they're 100% wrong, if they're like, hey, the fucking, the the sky is red. And like, this guy's a fucking dipshit. Like, this guy's not red. It's blue. I'm going to argue with him. You're just, you're feeding the troll. And like Aaron said, if they're, if they're saying something that's negative or false about you, why bother? They already have um, probably a skewed view of you. And they have maybe some kind of personal um, gripe with you. So you're probably not going to change their mind, even if it is incorrect. And you're just giving them ammunition. Um, the private messaging thing, I wouldn't even bother with that either. Like, you know, going after someone, not going after them, but trying to correct them through a private messenger because they're just going to screenshot it and then they're going to post it. And they're going to say, yeah. this guy's an asshole. He's coming after me and he's saying this and that. I mean, how many times I think we just recently saw somebody um well when this comes out won't be that recent but the death of Anne rice another indie author posted something about not giving a shit about the death of Anne rice and that's their opinion but they put that out there and then somebody saw that and got upset and screenshotted it and then put it out to a lot of other people and that person got fucking lambasted in comments so sometimes it's it's just not worth it just keep your opinions to yourself if you want to be taken as a serious writer and not be fighting with people, just let it let it die. Don't feed the trolls. You, you got to have a certain personality to do it. Like if you want to be a provocateur and like you can deal with the shitstorm that comes with it, mm-hmm. go for mm-hmm. it, dude. But I, I'm just saying, like, at, just speaking as just a regular guy, no, nobody who would want that. You know, you're yeah. you're, you're going to damage your readership. Like even even if you are, you know what I mean, just being a provocateur. It's like you said, the comment. It's just an unnecessarily negative comment, you know. And also, don't be surprised if you put something that is semi-polarizing, that people respond to you in a negative way. Some people put things, and then they unleash a shitstorm upon themselves, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe people are attacking me for this." Or like, 
well, what did you expect? You posted something that yeah. is polarizing and people are going to do what they do. They're going to you know, respond back to, especially if you have any kind of um, readership or if you're posting it into these groups that have tens of thousands of followers, they're going to say something to you and yeah. don't be surprised when they do it. And like Aaron said, you if that's what you want, if you want to elicit a response and get in arguments, feel free. The internet is full of people that will argue with you. But if you want to be taken somewhat serious as a writer and a person, just don't don't engage. Promote yourself, promote others, and promote horror. Well, I can tell you too, you're, you're a fool if you believe that saying so, – if you want to say something polarizing like, like that as an example, right? Like – People are going to remember you for a stupid comment. They're not going to remember you for your writing if you do shit yeah. like that, you know. And it's like you're you're, well, wor- it's, you're working it's like against we yourself. About, we've talked about it in previous episodes and stuff. And I think the biggest takeaway from all of it is just you have to and you have to remember that this is your business. This is your brand. Mm. Yeah, I but- mean, you have to stop take you have to stop playing around on social media as if you're just your own personality unless you're not planning to take being an author seriously unless you're not planning to take it as your brand and as your business because you like you said one silly comment or one smart ass remark to somebody you know can totally destroy your brand because people do remember it i mean think about it Aaron, I've seen how you respond, and you are very good about, like, if somebody says, um, you know, I, I, for instance, somebody did said something about the slob being degrading to women or something one time, and you came in and said, you know, um, you said something, you were very professional about it. You just said, you know, that's definitely not my intention, and I'm sorry that you saw it that way, and or something. You, you were just very professional about it, you know yeah. what I mean? And people were, like, defending you and stuff, and it turned out perfect. Um, and that's... It's it's almost like the same as think about how companies respond to people on like Twitter and stuff. Let's say yeah. that let's say you Butterfinger candy bars. Let's say you went on there and you said I fucking hate Butterfingers, the nastiest <laughs> fucking candy bar that they ever do is. suck though. I'm not gonna I lie. like Butterfingers, but let's just I'm say that's the case, would. right? You would Butterfinger. Hold on, Butterfinger's <laughs> not gonna come on Twitter and be like, you know what, fuck you. <laughs> Go eat your fucking three musketeers and yeah. shut your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Butterfinger's going to respond, or Nestle, or whoever the hell owns Butterfinger's going to come on and say, you know, we're sorry that you feel that way, you know, but thanks for trying our product. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They're not dumb. You know what I mean? That they're professionals. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to let the other person be the asshole, and that's the way that you got to you know protect your brand the same way. I mean, because just like when you went on and said, you know, I'm sorry that you felt that way other people defend you, you know what I mean? Like, they're you're a professional. So if you go on there and, you know, you know what, fuck you and fuck this and fuck that, and, you know, people people are going to respond negatively, and then they're going to start defending the person who was gum- coming at you and stuff and jumping on their bandwagon, and it just it's, it gets nasty. Well, so The other thing I'll throw into that as well is, like you said, people remembering stuff. In the world of indie horror, we know this is a very, very tight-knit and small community. And if you are seen as an abrasive person or somebody that is uh, egotistical or they're trying to fight with people and picking fights, first of all, the, the small group of publishers that publish the extreme horror or the indie horror, they all talk. And if you don't think they do, you're out of your mind. And if you are somebody that picks fights with people, you have a very, very small chance of getting picked up by one of these publishers. 
the owners of these publications are friends on Facebook. They see a lot of stuff. And before they sign you to a contract, they're going to ask around about you. They're going to check your social media and see the type of person you are. Because like Carver said, this is a business not just for us but for them. They're not going to invest hundreds if not thousands of dollars into our product to have you be a fucking douche canoe on social media and getting them jammed up. Um, and there are. There are people that have like a blacklist with like I will never support this person because they said X, Y, and Z. They might be right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's their personal preference. And we all kind of have those people in the back of our minds where we're like, if this person releases something new, I'm never going to read it because of their opinion on whatever. So it's just a human nature. But yeah. when you when you do get some type of feedback from a troll or some type of um, annoyance, and it's personal, it's not about your work or your writing. Uh, do you think that you should handle it? You know, or that you should address it then, or again with the same thing, just let it fall by the wayside and go away. Because that's now you're not attacking. Now you're not talking about my work. You're talking about me as a person. And some people feel like they have to defend themselves in that kind of situation. It's a great question. I mean, yeah. I mean, personally, if somebody's attacking me in a personal manner and they're saying whatever they want to say about me, you have to consider the source, you know, and you tell us the kids all the time, like, oh, so-and-so is picking on me. Like, do you like that person? Well, no, I don't like that person. It's like, so why do you care? Um, and as adults, you know, it can be difficult. But you have to just kind of take into consideration. Like if I don't like you or I don't respect you or I don't really care what you're saying, you can say whatever you want about me. It could be true, um, yeah. but I, I don't really care. And then we go back to the whole feeding the trolls thing. If I start fighting with them, now I'm feeding into their aggression and they're getting a rise out of me. Why do bullies bully? Because they want to get a rise out of you. They want to get an, an effect. And it's the same thing with these people that are trolls. They're essentially internet bullies and they want to just – they want to fuck with you. And that's their entertainment. Yeah, and I, Roland, I think it's a good question because when it's a personal thing, it feels almost like sometimes if you're not coming out and defending yourself on it, mm -hmm. that it validates it somehow, right? Mm -hmm. But what Daniel said, I think, is what I try to stick to because, again, there's nothing – this person, like I've heard it about – you know, violence against women, homophobia in my books to some extent. And I, none, of, none of that's true. Maybe the way that I wrote some of the scenes in my books um, could have been a little stereotypical. Like I could, I could see that, you know what I mean, in some, in some characters. And maybe looking back on it, I might have approached it a different way. Um, but... Part of part of the characters in the books was sort of for them to kind of be out there and like sort of outlandish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so it's not they want to they these people kind of want to take what you're saying and act like they know what's going on in your head and how you feel mm -hmm. about certain types of people and that you're you're an evil person because you wrote these completely fictional stories. Um, that nobody is forced to read, but they just don't like how you wrote it. So somehow they, they feel like, oh, you know, well, I remember I read one review that it's like, oh, uh, Beauregard really shows his hatred of women in this book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, dude, 
the, my mom's like the, one of the most important people in my life. You know what I mean? My wife, one of the most, the, the two, the two most important people in my life are women. You know, yeah. it, it's a fucking story, guys. Yeah. It's a story. It's well, that's, and, was... and it's like, it's all, and again, it's all subjective guys. I mean, if you yeah. look at the slob, the whole underlying thing in the slob is that the most fucking powerful person in that book is the woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you actually fucking read the story through to through, you you would see that it's about her overcoming all these incredibly fucked up things. So, you, but I'm not going to get into it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get into it with Joe Schmo. What's it going to do? Sure, I, I see the comment and it's like, yeah, it's not true. And I want to tell people, guys, this isn't true about me. Ask anybody who's had a conversation with me. Ask anyone who's spent five minutes in a room with me. I'll fucking give you the shirt off my back, you know? Like, doesn't matter any any color, orientation, gender. I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. I grew up in Central Falls, bro. Like, <laughs> it's the biggest melting pot of a- anything you can imagine. You know what I mean? That That's what I love. And... No, go ahead, bro. What were you going to say? No, 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 finish, finish. No, and I was just going to say, like, but at, but it's a waste of time to engage in it because there are no winners, you know? There really aren't. Those people that had those interactions with you, they're not going to be affected by that shit. They know it's not true, you know? Yeah. So if you start arguing about it and digging your claws in and going all crazy, then that's when you seem like, oh, maybe he is fucking an asshole oh, yeah. or something like that, you know? And they might they might change their opinion on you. But if you just classy and, you know, you ignore it or you try and address it, delicately and with care to the person but so there's two things right somebody can be saying something that you know is they don't they don't mean it maliciously it's not a true troll move but maybe they think there's some fucked up something fucked up with your ideology or whatever then you tell that person you know i'm sorry like you know i want you to have the best experience and you know i understand my books aren't for everyone whatever it might be but if someone's coming out and just acting like they fucking know who you are as a person, there's zero reward in engaging with that person. Zero. Very. Yeah. yeah. Carl, were you going to say something before? I know you're starting to. I was just again, yeah, I was going to say that I was actually I've mentioned this before that in my on the romance side of things, one time in one of my MC books, I got a review where this woman called me a racist because of a um, the nickname of one of the villains in the book. And it just kind of caught me by surprise when I saw it. it. It pissed me off, and it was like a personal attack at me because she was saying, like, the book should be taken off of Amazon and all my books should be removed and, like, oh. all this stuff. And I'm like, first of all, it's a villain in the book. It's a character. Yeah. It's some, it has nothing to do with me. I'm like, and so, you know, of course, we're talking, I didn't, I didn't respond to her or anything like that, but I did reach out to Amazon and, you know, said, I feel like this is a personal attack. This is not a book review. This is like, you know what I mean? This has nothing to do with the book. She didn't even get into the book. She got to a character's name and immediately wrote this review telling, you know what I mean? Telling people not to read my work and stuff. And, and they refused to take it down. So that's the sad thing with some of the troll stuff is they just say, well, it's a review and it needs to stay up and. You know, they don't listen to authors most of the time when you reply, you know, when you report that kind of stuff. But it was seen as a book review and and it stayed. So, but yeah. And the other thing but, is, yeah, too, the kind of stuff. 
especially with stuff like that, you know, an MC book, like I understand that's that's romance, but it's still fiction. But like when people gripe about things in horror, like it's horror. It's meant to horrify you. Yeah. And yes, racism is a horrible thing. It is a horrible thing that some people still have. But if you talk about a time period piece, like I just finished reading uh, Fear by Ronald Kelly, an excellent coming of age book, but it was set in the South in the 40s. So you have to imagine that there are certain you know, racial aspects that take place in that book. And I read some of the reviews and I didn't see anything that that um, negatively affected the book about race. But there was definitely some some racial. I mean, they went to a, a place when they were in Fear County called like Lynching Town or Lynchingville or something like that. So, I mean, there are definitely some things that are in there. But again, it speaks to the the undertones of society and it is a situational thing. And in my book, Left to You, that is out, the cover of that is the, literally the gates of Auschwitz and, you know, with a, with a, a smokestack rising in the background. That book was very difficult to write. And yes, I had to use some – I'm, I'm not going to say colorful language, but I had to play to the characters. If I had Nazis that didn't hate the Jewish people, they wouldn't be Nazis. So I've, I've yeah. yet – knock on wood, I've yet to have any negative reviews on that because of that reason. But for somebody to get upset about a character, especially a bad character, playing the role of a bad character in fiction is – pretty fucking preposterous it's like hating a dragon in fantasy if wanting to hoard gold like Roland you wouldn't do that yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't go to Lynchtown either no. <laughs> no. Yo. but it was a great book but like I said it was set in Tennessee in the 40s I mean yeah. there were certain things that there was a socially acceptable things in that book that we would never do nowadays but in that time and it was written in a very, very respectful way. And obviously, Ronald Kelly's a fucking complete and utter gentleman, and he's a great author. So mm. that book is one of the top coming-of-age books, I think, for most people. And definitely check that shit out too, by the way. Great book. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're doing a period piece in the 40s, right, or you're doing a, a piece about World War II-era Nazis, it's like – you're you're not doing your job as an author if you if you don't have that realism and it's almost like in a fucked up way it's almost like you it's know a disservice it's a disservice because yep. you're you're acting like that didn't happen or something like it's yeah. almost like ignoring a part of of history again it's an uncomfortable part and it's like part that some people may not want to to read but i mean you probably usually with warnings and shit like that you know, you should kind of be able to accommodate for that. But. but we go back to the trigger warning thing and about, you know, trolling and stuff like that. We write horror. So if I'm opening a horror book, there's going to be horrific things in there. So mm. you shouldn't have to tell people like, hey, there's it's like going on a roller coaster and be like, hey, there's going to be some fucking drops on this bitch. <laughs> like you should know it's a roller coaster. Right. And it's the same thing with horror. Like you shouldn't have to sit there. And again, we go back to trigger warnings and. You know, what might be a trigger warning for me and my personal experience might not be for you. So you kind of have to, you know, not really play to everyone. But, you know, if you want to express some of the stuff that's in there, you can. But like Aaron said, if it's a if it's a period piece, you have to expect certain things in that period. Yeah, the story calls for it. Yes, and, and exactly, Roland. I think that's exactly a perfect statement is 
we've seen authors and we've read things that you can tell when it's the author coming through and not the character coming through and the author trying to push a certain agenda through mm. and not really through a character, but using a character as a conduit. Whereas if I have a, if I have a character that is a full blown racist and they're saying outlandish things throughout the entire story, that's, that's normal for them. That's what they do. But if I have somebody that is a clean cut person and they say something that is, you know, off the cuff randomly, you're like, well, that's, that doesn't fit the character, but that might be the author, their personal views coming through. It could be, or it could just be something the author just want to throw in there. But yeah. uh, you, know, you never something know. Written incorrectly. That's funny because um, I've had feedback on abortion saying that I was going for political points, like I was pro-life. And I, that's not true at all. I mean, I'm not saying I'm pro-life. I'm not saying I'm pro-choice. But the story on abortion called for that type of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you say, it's all speculative. Um, uh, what's the word? Not speculative, but... Subjective. Subjective, yes. Yep. Because on this, the next review down, somebody said that it didn't seem like that. So it's all in what the reader takes away from it. Yeah. My story on abortion called for me to talk about some pretty nasty stuff. And considering I was telling it from the little things point of view, not things, but I want our baby's point of view, of course he was going to seem like he was a little mad. It's not my opinion. It's not something I believe in or my how I feel. It was just how a character felt. Right, dude. You're you're literally you're you're just a dude sitting there that's like, man, I want to write this cool story about this like aborted fetus monster kind of deal. And just have fun. Like, I want to have fun with it. You know what I mean? But then, again, with it being subjective, people people think that they know who you are as a person somehow because you wrote a fictional story. It's absurd, really. You know? It's a horror story. I'm going to have to write it. It's going to be horrible. And it is horrible. So Right. And and honestly, look, it's a sensitive topic. But hello, the fucking book's called Unbortion. If you're fucking yeah. sensitive about abortion, maybe yeah. not fucking read it. Yeah. There's what literally a fucking aborted fetus in a baby carriage hanging out of the baby carriage on the cover. Like, like if that's not fucking pure grade A cuckery, I, I, cuck foolery. Even. I, I struggle. That's to, your trigger warning right there. Yeah, on the cover. it really is. Yeah, but I, I think for the most part, we haven't really. I mean, I haven't really experienced too much where people are like. Um, you know, oh my god, I can't let this happen. And I've I've had a very little bit, especially if there's an animal that dies. People seem to get more upset about animals dying than people. Yeah, like some of the negative things I've gotten about left to you, not the horrific scenes of the Holocaust, but <laughs> a, but a perceived animal death. People are like, "You motherfucker! I can't believe you would write this in here, this poor dog." And I'm like. I love dogs. Like I, I didn't. It was part of the story. That's why I wrote it. You know, it's part. It had to. It was there to push the story forward, not because I wanted a, a gratuitous death or anything like that. Nothing about the kids heaped up their dead bodies in trucks. It was about one section with an animal. This is going to be a totally different on on that subject. But would that hes- uh, make you guys hesitant to write animal cruelty into your books? Because I do find a lot of people get very upset about that. I don't give a fuck. No, I just fucking send it. If the story calls for it, go yeah. for it. You know. Yeah. Listen, I'm not yeah, just going to put it in there willy nilly just because I want well, yeah. to. But yeah, I I use it and I I think it's effective. It's it's horrific. Yeah. It, yeah. it invokes an emotion. 
right? So it's powerful, you know? Carver, what about you? You were going to say something. Sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you. I'm the same way. I think if it's called for, then yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that especially if you're writing a book about a serial killer, animal abuse and animal torture is one of those things that is like a precursor to a serial killer. So it's something that could be added in, and it's part of the story. And listen, we write horror. There is horrific shit in there, and sometimes it's not just people getting killed. I try not to write like animal torture, and I'm not a big like torture porn person in in general. Um, But animals die. Animals eat other animals. People eat other animals. It happens. Um, Amniotic sex, kill raccoons. Yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. You know know what, too, um, and this, I think, this is a good point to maybe sort of wrap on, is that um, unfortunately, when you when you look at reviews and particularly on Amazon, the fuckery floats to the top, not the cream. Um, So typically. When people look at a book and they look at reviews, there's there's a helpful button on Amazon, okay? And this is actually important, and I don't think we've actually talked about this. But when people are reading reviews, they'll click this help helpful button if they if they enjoyed a review. The problem is is that you could have 500 reviews and a four and a half star book, okay? And the top review that comes up is a one star review because mm-hmm. Only the, the the only people that seem to click on these helpful buttons are the ones that ha- like vehemently you know want to hate this you know and so for the most part the negative reviews tend to float to the top so if any of our listeners um, you know are listening it it is incredibly <laughs> helpful <laughs> that was the stupidest stupidest so shit funny. ever that was a fucking Wait straight up. You had nothing else to say at the end of the <laughs> That was a Carver Pike comment if I've ever heard one in my life. Oh, God damn it. No, but if uh, if any of our listeners are listening, um, <laughs> hit, clicking those helpful buttons on reviews that you like, like five-star five reviews that you're just like, wow, somebody took a lot of time to sit there and craft this review that they were blown away by the book. Clicking that helpful button really does help us out because – you could have a four and a half star book and the first thing somebody clicks on when they see it is a negative one and they may just look away from it right after that. Clicking yeah. that helpful button is it's helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners who are listening. <laughs> I find that when I click the, the helpful button, if I use my middle finger, it usually works better. So you can get a lot more like clicks out of it with your middle finger. So uh, this finger? just click away. Yeah, click oh, away. Shit. Oh, come on. You're being disrespectful. <laughs> but yeah, I think I... send me a personal message about that, Daniel. We could talk yeah. about it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> but in, in closing, I would like to say it's like a zoo. You know, it's okay to look at the animals, but never feed them, right? No. When you're talking yes. about trolls, people, never feed the troll. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely, <laughs> the cuckery. Uh, <laughs> we only used it about five or six times, I'm surprised. Is that the uh, word of the episode today, guys? <laughs> not shoehorn this one. <laughs> the two most random words. Oh, is, 
Cockery. I'm sorry, cockery. <laughs> That's in the Bursey, the Bursey household. <laughs> Yo, what do you guys think? Do you think we got time for one, a question, maybe, real quick, before we do our reader recognition? Maybe we'll see if we could do two quick ones. Just to get a couple answers. Yeah. Carver, pull some out of that piece of shit fucking Sam cup you have there. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. He's he's so fucking turnt right now. He's so mad. Take the glasses off. Oh, Superman. From uh, Donna. Oh, hey, Donna. The Donna. Donna. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Donna Latham. So. There's only one Donna. Go ahead. <laughs> but she, she said i know most if not all of you have been in anthologies but what about collaborative books kind of like preston and child either with each other or another writer good question aaron aaron you should this probably point, start that well, one off this was probably this this was sent a long time ago probably before you two yeah i'm pointing at the screen like they can see who i'm pointing <laughs> at but before before <laughs> Daniel not, and Aaron started writing together. You guys yeah. now. I've uh, I've I've had a, I've done a few ventures so far. So the first one I did was I. It's not an anthology. It's just uh, the three of us: me, Jasper Bark, and John Athan. I don't consider it an anthology because it's only three, and it's like longer stories. I consider it more of a collection. But uh, that I did, and then obviously the second one I did was with Daniel. With so sorry, and then I'm working on the one with Matt Shaw now, and I actually am working on a diseased children poetry book uh, with another with another woman um, that I'm going to be announcing in the future. She's a tremendous artist um, on Instagram, and uh, that's gonna I think that's gonna be a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, was the question was it? Just asking if we were involved in any or our experiences. It didn't really. It just said, I know most, if not all of you, have been in anthologies, but what about. I guess she's asking if you have been. Yeah, just those those for me. And I don't know if you guys. Or maybe if you. I guess we can throw in, would you consider it if you haven't? So. I would, but it has to be a, 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 a special kind of person, you know? Um, especially if it's something like me and Daniel and me or Matt are doing the thing with Johnny and Jasper was pretty easy. Cause I was able to sort of, uh, build that project up and we all kind of had our workflow lanes and we knew we had a theme, but it wasn't an incredible lot of collaborative effort, you know? Um, so I guess, yeah, yeah I guess maybe you don't really consider it a true collaboration, but, um, I enjoyed working with you, Daniel. Um, I thought we had... It was pretty easy, you know. Um, I feel like we work very similar. We could both crank yeah. shit out, and yeah. the vision was was easy, you know. Like it just kind of clicked. I think we talked on the phone a couple hours, and it's like we pretty much kind of hammered it out in like a couple hours. I thought, like at least the the, yeah. the skeleton, right? Yeah, I mean, we kind of got it kicked off at um, the New Jersey Horror Con over a fucking couple frosty Miller lights. And we kind of went over it and started talking about it, and it was kind of born. And then, like Aaron said, when we got back from that, we hashed out a little bit more. I kind of knew the direction his story was going. I knew the direction I wanted my story to go. And I think if you guys have read So Sorry that you would see that there is a one whole story with a, a really you know, vast host of characters in that. 
Um, and different paths too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's what I really loved about it was the fact that we definitely we explored different things and we have another one on the horizon that Aaron and I have already kind of fleshed out one day just in a phone call, which I think is that's going to be fucking cool, brutal. Yeah, yeah that one's going to be really brutal. Um, it's going to probably make so sorry, very sorry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could be your book there, Roland and Carver. Very, very, very sorry. sorry. Oh, very sorry. <laughs> uh, I do have my my book from Death's Head is actually a collaboration, uh, but it's similar to what Aaron did. It's it's um, some short stories with another author. So I don't really know if I'm at liberty to say who the author is, but it's one of Death's Head's premier authors. We'll say that. Um, so there is a collection that will be coming out hopefully in May. Now, kind of got pushed back a little bit due to some logistical things, but. Um, that was also great. Me and this other author, we kind of kicked some ideas around for a couple of our stories and the uh, lines of communication. I think if anyone wants to do anything with somebody else, you know, lines of communication are huge. You know, Aaron and I talk consistently. He'll call me sometimes weeping, um, mm. which is fine. I console him and then we'll talk about horror, but usually it's just him weeping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I have a good line of communication. Mostly and, uh, crying. <laughs> yeah. Just reach out to people too. If you really, if you have that author that you really want to work with, you know, the worst they can say is no, they're too busy. But you might, you might never know. They might say, yeah, let's let's fucking send it. But I would say with that, you, you gotta be in a certain zone with them. You know, yes. you don't want to fucking reach out to them out of the blue. They don't know yeah, you. Cold call. Yeah. Um, there should there should be an opening of the door, so to speak. Right. Yeah. That person should open the door of communication after your exchanges at some point. I think. Or you feel comfortable enough that you've exchanged enough with them, maybe out of like, you know, out in public on on comments and stuff like that, and that you've established yourself enough because you don't want to blow that opportunity either. Maybe oh, yeah, if you yeah. were to wait another year or something and you, you had six books out instead of one, you know, or whatever, it might be more appealing too because it's at the end of the day, it's a business decision, right? If this yeah. person doesn't think that you're going to be able – to sell books and their name is far more established than yours, they don't have time to go ahead and split profit with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Off off of their name. You you need to feel confident about where you are and what position you're in. Okay. Um, and you'll know when that when it's right to make that move. And um, yeah. I wanna say like as far as collaborating with like Matt Shaw, that's been fucking incredible. That guy is a fucking professional as far as like I mean, he's all sorts of fuckery on a personal level, but I mean, like, as far as his writing goes, um, incredible. And yeah. the way that we uh, are sort of doing it, we're, this Survivor's Guilt book is from the perspective of two different characters, okay, that sort of meet at the Survivor's Guilt meeting. And it's, so it's kind of like this game of cat and mouse where these two people are thinking different things and they're trying to sort of... They both have the same idea, but they don't know that they both have the same idea, kind of, and they want to come together to do something really terrible, right? Um, but the writing process, we haven't had to actually, like, meet, meet, video meet uh, at any point, really. We've sort of messaged back and forth, did some audio messages, and we were just, Matt suggested this sort of format, which I recommend to anybody who might be doing something similar, is uh, you do your chapter, and then at the end of your chapter, highlight your key points in the story, things that are going to develop later that this person's going to need to be aware of, right? And possibly build into their chapter. And then, you know, make those notes at the end 
And because we're each doing a character, you know, I'll highlight all the character, his character's dialogue in my chapter in case he wants to tweak any of that um, and vice versa. And sort of, uh, you know, so we just kind of go back and forth like that. And it was great. I mean, there was a period of a few days where we would just, I, I think one day we went back and forth like chapter for chapter, like four or five chapters in a single day, just back and forth. And it was really cool to have like that sort of momentum with somebody that you respect so much. And yeah. and then Matt will do things like, you know, you, you out of courtesy, you'll, you'll set up the next chapter for the next guy, you know, be like, you know, leave it blank. And then... In that chapter, he'll be like, oh, he'll just write one sentence. He'll be like, oh, I banged Aaron's mom, you know, <laughs> to sort of set it up just to fuck with me and get me riled. And then, uh, you know, that motivates me to to bring out the demons. So cuckery, cuckery, cuckery right there. But I just want to say Matt Shaw, phenomenal to collaborate with. Uh, it's a true blessing. And um, that that has that collaboration and the collaboration with Daniel Make me excited to collaborate with others, but it's going to be minimal. I do like maybe one of those a year, if that. Yeah. One a year, one every two year, maybe. So I actually got an email about two weeks ago from someone. I'm not going to give too much information away. And they asked if I would collaborate with them. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so happy. I mean, like. So we 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 talked briefly about it just via email, um, and I think it's gonna happen, and, and it should be happening next year. Um, but I was just I was honored that even somebody would consider that. I like I say this all the time. I still consider myself relatively new. I still have a lot to learn. Uh, but for them to reach out to me and ask me to do that, I was just like, wow, yes, uh, I'm doing it. Dude, and that awesome. that tells you maybe maybe you're selling yourself short now if you have people I, that are yeah. really like that interested in collaborating with you, you know? Uh, we always do, don't we? Like, at least I think I, I, I'm my own worst critic, you know? Um, uh, but I think a lot of us are in that aspect. But I'm excited to see what happens. And I, I, I think it's going to happen. I'm almost positive. But that's a good mindset to have because then you're always going to be surprised and uplifted by different events like that yeah. instead of yeah. expecting them snobbishly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Carver? Do you... I, I haven't really. I've done like things like anthologies, and I've done series with authors where you know they were connected, and each author did a different book, stuff like that. Nothing where it's like a precedent child type of thing, or like what you're doing, like what you guys have done together. Um, Jules and I have been talking a lot about writing together. We're definitely going to write together. We're just not sure if we're going to do it. We're probably going to do it more on the romance side. But she has a very dark side to her, so we've also talked about maybe doing something on the Carver Pike side too, with something oh, more with her. So I don't know. So that's a possibility. We're just not sure if we're going to keep it more on like the MC, you know, romantic suspense, darker romance side, or if we're going to cross over and do horror with her. I'm not sure yet. So nice. I don't know. But so it's a possibility with, with her. I'm not sure. You know what was a real cool book? That was what I consider a very epic collaboration was the book Jackpot by Shane McKenzie, Adam Caesar, Christopher Rufty. Shit, there was one more guy in it too. I feel like an asshole for not remembering. But I think it was like four four or five authors. But it was uh, it was a novella. It's extremely hard to find the book. I have a physical paperback copy. And I know, Matt, uh, 
Shane McKenzie stuff, so I'm surprised I've never heard of that one. This one's super hard to find, dude. And um, wow. it's like, uh, it's so awesome. It's like about a serial killer that wins the lottery. Like, <sighs> he takes, he kills his victims and carves the fucking birth year into their heads. He takes it off their driver's license, then he plays the numbers with it, and somehow he <laughs> wins. And he's like, I never expected this to happen. And like David Ber- David Bernstein. David Bernstein. Sorry, sorry, David. I for- I forgot. But and so he wins the lottery, and then he decides he's going to create this like murder fucking mansion and just explore his most utter depravity. And so, but but the the crazy part about this book is that um, it's written like in a novel format by four guys. So that's probably hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm noticing there's four guys on this screen. And I think maybe if once we get refined enough, you know, maybe in a few years we could try and do something like that. See if we're up to the task, you know? I think we probably could do it. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying anytime soon. Something like that is probably going to be, you know, Super difficult, but I think we could. I, I would like to try it, and if I was going to do it with anyone, I would do it with you guys. So. Yeah, I would oh, do it with you too. Yeah, we could definitely. <laughs> oh, we're going to do it. I we should wait. definitely talk about it when we're doing the uh, the human centipede with each other. Yeah. Um, oh, when we're done, so obviously our mouths will be full. So it wouldn't work. I can relay your uh, your vibrations that come up from each of your anal canals yes. to the mouth. Yes. To your the cochlear implants there. Do it like bone. SOS on my asshole. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> SOS works. All right, we're off the rails. All we're right. Off the rails. <laughs> Let's get we're into our reader asshole. recognition now. <laughs> Why do I see us having an image or Aaron doing an image? Uh, that's too much that's too much photoshop that's too we're much. jumping into the reader recognition i think so based on time um okay. why do you guys want to do one more question do you think we have time i was just asking i mean i don't know what what where, where we're at we do, time, so. aaron you're the keeper of the time we could try let and squeeze know. let's try and squeeze one more let's i mean honestly i'm having a this episode's hilarious to me yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's also like it's a therapy like, session for like. It really is. <laughs> it's like God, for blowing in buttholes. Is that what yeah. you're it's very therapeutic? <laughs> Can you take your glasses off, please? Oh, I think. Say yeah, please take your glasses off. Tell Candace hi, guys. Hi, Candace. Right, hi, Candace. Candace says hi. You said. Oh wait. <laughs> All right, I'm putting this one back. I keep getting questions from Donna, but I just answered one from Donna, so I'm gonna <laughs> take your glasses off, please. Yeah. And to... your pa- and your pants. <laughs> oh. Okay, here's a good one. Joe Young asked if you could make just one change to the indie horror writing community. Community, what would you change? Oh, damn. That's, oh, that's wow. Deep. Joe. 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 You know what that fucking deepness here. Joey oh. bada bing. Dang, that's a good hard uh, question, though. Yeah. One thing you could change about the indie horror writing community. Because it's, it's a pretty damn good community, so it's hard to critique it. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I, I, okay. Um, shit. No. <laughs> God damn it, Joe. You're really fucking us up here. You fucked up our vibe. I would, okay. Um, like, I, I kind of want to say, like, I, I, I'd like it to get more exposure. You know what I mean? So, but I don't think, I think we're getting some good exposure and we're getting some, some big announcements kind of coming in and out of it, you know? And I think more of that's going to come. Um, but I'd like to see even more of it. I'd like to see um, us continue to keep believing in each other the way we are, but even like to that next level, you know? And um, I'd like to see shared success as a result of that. And um, people giving each other the rub, so to speak, you know? So, uh, like, Aaron, to piggyback off that, what I, what I would like to see is I would like to see people more more confident in self-promoting their work. And I'm not talking about just posting a fucking, um, you know, an Amazon link and, and bailing out. But I want to see more interaction from people and have that confidence to get on there and to share your work, to thank people for reading your work, for reviewing your work. You know, I know a lot of people that are authors, especially in horror, are kind of introverted but I, I would love to see, I love that interaction we get with the readers. Um, you know, we get messages every now and then from people to say, Hey, I really enjoyed your book. Like that means a lot to us. And I want the other authors to experience that. So the one thing I would change is, Hey, everybody that's an author and you got something out there, promote that fucking shit to the high heavens, stand by your work. Um, reach out to your readers, talk to them and, you know, just get yourself out there and, and, and enjoy it like this has been such an enjoyable process yeah. you know yes the the money is is great but it's not life-changing money it's not fucking i'm not getting calls from spielberg or anything like that the money's fun it covers my cost for the books but the interactions i get with people where they tell me i cried when i read this part or this was a great fucking revenge part you know i love this part or you know this touched me in this way that means more to me than anything else and i want all the indie authors out there to experience that so Get your asses out there. I think mine would be for us to find a way to interact with on a more personal level. I know we do cons every now and then, but those are so far and few between. Mm. Like some way we could actually meet face to face in person instead of always virtually over the computer because um, that human interaction as far as being in the presence of somebody, able to reach out, shake their hand, hug them, that's important to me. So I would like to find a way to be able to do this, do our cons or some type of meetups on a more regular basis. You just gave me an idea too, Roland. We should we should try to do, at some point, bucket list item. I'm not saying anytime soon, but we should try to do a writer's retreat together sometime. Yeah, it would be Awesome. I've actually talked to a, I'll tell you guys off the air about a person that uh, we talked about doing a writer's retreat and they were going to try to set something up. Um, It's closer to me than you guys, unfortunately, but there was a writer's retreat. There's some old hotels in the area where this person lives um, and they offered their residence to some of us as well. So, uh, or even, go ahead, finish. No, I'm just, I don't know if it's still going to be on the table, but. That was something I talked to this person about. So it'd be great. I'd love to do a writer's retreat. Yeah, that's cool. Or, you know, it'd be really cool if you could do like a, a kind of a camping writer's retreat, just somewhere mm. where you can get out away from the city and nature and do it that way. That would be awesome too. To me, yeah. I like well, it. 
what's what's funny about that and going going back to like uh talk about misery like i've always wanted to like i like the woods mm-hmm. um a friend of mine has a cabin that's farther upstate new york and like i always just want to rent it for a week and just go there by myself and sit in a cabin mm-hmm. in the woods and just write a book but that cabin is plenty big enough for a couple people so that yeah. would be a great idea just to have a handful of people and just go up there and just write Enjoy, and, yeah. and, and and you know maybe maybe have a couple. <laughs> maybe of drinks. Question, the problem is, will we actually write? You have to like make it <laughs> yeah, like fucking rules. Like you have to write between these hours, yeah. and then it's yeah. part time. You know what I mean? Because if not, we will just fucking no, do like a job. You know what though? Writing. I could see us being fucking like super amped up though. Like like let's say we wanted to do that that venture where the four of us collaborate to make a novel. You know what I mean? Like. That that would be like an ideal thing for that when you're okay. sitting there in person and we're talking these ideas out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you set aside a couple days of brainstorming. I mean, we probably have some ideas already, but uh, you know, you brainstorm a couple days, relax, take a few. Like you said, though, you, I think you would have to have a schedule. But that would be I fucking see. dope, dude. I, I've yeah. always yeah. I've always wanted to do that a writer's retreat. Like, and I would I would prefer to do it with you guys, but. Written in red, writer's retreat. Yeah. Right? Yep. We could, Perfect. we could, if I we think... did that, dude, we could even fucking do like a little video vlog thing and then kind of uh, put it all together at the end of the retreat. You know what I mean? That'd oh, be, yeah, that yeah. would be cool. Be awesome. And what would be even more cool about that, too, is if like a monster came out of the woods and fucking killed us all and it was all on video. Yo. Oh, I heard <laughs> monster come out of the woods and fuck. That's all I heard. <laughs> I'm fucking the monster. Y'all can do what y'all want to do. <laughs> Roll wants to take him for the team and fuck Yo. this monster right in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him away from us, Roll. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Bring it back to Joe's question. Yeah, sorry, Carver. I, I kept going off there. That Go for it. Way off. <laughs> no, but that was a good answer, though, because, yeah, we definitely do. I agree about, like, the cons and stuff are very few and far between. Yeah. That's one thing, like, uh, on the romance side and stuff, is there con- there's too many of them. I mean, they're every fucking month, there's several of them. Where with horror, there are many ones, like, here and there, like, the small yeah. indie type, you know, the stuff, like, the things you guys were doing, like, local things that you've done and stuff like that. But, I mean, the bigger ones, there's only so many of them, you know? Yeah. Nice. So, we do need... I was going to say that, a couple of things I'd like to change is one, and I think we're getting better at this as a community. One though is that, like, I'd like us to see more that we're not so much a competition. Like, there, there's, there's so many readers out there, and they're voracious readers. I mean, they go through books like mad. I mean, we can't write fast enough to, you know, to meet these readers' appetites. I mean, they, I mean, yeah. these reader. I mean, have you seen the Goodreads list? I mean, two hundred books in a year and stuff like that. I mean. But a lot of authors still treat it like it's a competition. So we're still like not bumping each other's up and stuff like that, not helping each other out. I mean, we're doing stuff like this podcast and we're help we're trying to help people and stuff like that. You know, in my YouTube show and stuff, I'm trying to help people and um, you know, I'm always trying to think of stuff like that to help people out. I may not share and promote people constantly on Facebook. I forget and stuff like that, but I try to do my best with that kind of stuff. And I just wish yeah. people would not see it so much as a competition and would, you know, help each other out more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think we're getting better at that for sure. Yes. For one, <coughs> I have a, few, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, 
and but but in addition to that, I wish people would help each other out without the expectation of it coming the person helping them out. Right. Because yeah. you can't do this shit if you're doing it because you can't write down on a notebook paper, okay, I shared this person's stuff three times. Why haven't they shared mine? I mean, if you're going into it with that mindset, you're going to be highly disappointed because yeah. most of the time authors don't, you know, a lot of times you don't see that people have shared your stuff. You don't notice it. You're trying to keep up to, I mean, you got to do stuff. You got to help each other out because you want to help each other out. You know what I mean? And not go into it with the, I'm doing it because I want them to do it back for me mindset you know what i mean we've talked about that before too yeah and dude that's a big reason why we created this show right like we did this so that we could try to prop up our peers that are good people you know that we think are deserve more exposure because honestly like you said it's like there's not enough time in the day to constantly be sharing other people's stuff or like checking who's doing what like so you know, that's why we have this show, to recognize the readers and the writers, both of them. And, uh, you know, I think more more stuff like this, hopefully, from the horror community, people doing it themselves. Yeah. Like, actually, uh, those two ladies, right, um, starting the Mothers of Mayhem podcast, right? Oh, Marianne and Christina. Marianne and Christina. Yeah. Was it Mothers of Mayhem? Yeah. Yes, uh, Mothers yeah. of Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. Marianne Echeverria and yeah. Christina Pfeiffer. Marion and Christina. They're both that, really awesome. So they're awesome, and that's that's um, going to air on the new year, right? In January. Yeah. Yep. I'm actually uh, have an interview scheduled with them on January eighth. I'm going to be sitting down with both of them, so I don't know when that episode will air. Um, one thing I know, I had to step out for a second, but the one thing I will say to that Carver is. One of the most flattering and honoring things that I've had recently, and Aaron's gotten it too, is when people dedicate a book to me or they mention me in the forward and they say, yeah. you guys have helped me. Like to me, that's the fucking – that's one of the best things, you know, to see oh, yeah. somebody that – because of this show, oh, because yeah. of the four of us, because of our interactions on Facebook or social media that we've kind of pushed people to, to pick up the pen again and to sit down and write and now they're putting stuff out. And again – you know, we've talked about Godless before. Um, some people really love it. Some people don't care for it. But Godless has given a great platform for those indie horror authors that are trying to get their stuff out there, and they offer an audience. And when somebody dedicates a book to me, you know, and they, or they thank me in the afterward or the forward or whatever, like that means, uh, you know, the world that somebody thinks that much of my opinion. So, uh, mm -hmm. Roland, Roland's out. Roland's out. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get a book yeah. that has dedication to him shut up Carver you don't know my life yo he's blaming you Carver what the fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in Daniel, <laughs> Daniel. I wanted to see because if you can read that we can't I thank you guys because you don't know how important this podcast has been to me I'll send it to you but when I had the, uh, my books redone I felt it in my heart to thank you guys. So just piggybacking off of what you said, um, I hope that that makes you feel like, let you know how much I appreciate all three of you and everybody else who's ever like helped me or motivated me in this community. Oh man. Thank you. I, pr I really appreciate, appreciate that. It. That's you're giving me the mushies now, man. I'm getting yeah. the hairs are standing up on my neck. <laughs> the hairs are standing up on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, here yeah. we go. He's, he's, he's teasing that human centipede shit again. <laughs> hey, there's one other thing I wanted to add to, yeah. to Joe's thing. I know I'm, I've said a couple of things, but I thought of something else. That One other thing I wish I could change about the community is I wish the community would reach more than one. I wish it would expand beyond social. Like I wish the social media uh, outlets would branch out and connect. Like I don't. It sucks that, for example, Facebook. You can be, you could be all over Facebook and books of horror and the different groups and stuff, and be well known on Facebook, and have no presence on TikTok or Instagram or you know what I mean. Mm, and then right. you have to, when you set up TikTok, you have to try to build it over there, and you're starting it from scratch. And then you got to do the same thing on Instagram and you got to do the same thing on Twitter. And I just wish there was more of a way of um, building it all together. You know what I mean? To where it's yeah. all, they all kind of connect. That would be Does awesome. Does that make sense? It's, it's almost like they're all separate individual communities. Yeah. And then you're trying to grow organic traffic on Amazon. So it's almost like they're all, and then you yeah. have Goodreads. So it's and it's all like different, different. it's I almost like different flow. Connected highway. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I understand. We'll get, just, we'll get, we'll like get working on that for you, bud. easier way to reach all your readers than doing it all one by one through all these fucking outlets, so. It's probably because you don't shake your ass enough on TikTok. If you did that, you'd probably get more readers. Did you say shave my ass? <laughs> no, Roland will do that for you. <laughs> Are you Roland's shaving your ass on TikTok, Daniel? Roland, is that how you're doing it? Roland's got the strop out, fucking honing that blade for I, you. I, I'm not I'm my, my teeth. <laughs> the lawnmower dude uh, all right all right so as far as time goes guys we do have to reel it in now um and do our reader recognition real quick carver which is yes don keat our right? reader recognition is don keat yes don keat has been amazing she is so cool she has been so dedicated to the written and read podcast and to I mentioned earlier that even on my YouTube show, she's every single episode commented on it. And I think she's done the same for Written and Red. She's in the groups and stuff, always commenting, always just um, involved in everything that we've done. And so supportive and always has kind words for us and stuff like that. And I know we all want to say thank you. We all appreciate uh, just everything she's done for the show and and uh, for being there for us. So. Yeah, I don't think there's been not even one episode that she hasn't left a comment on on YouTube and been like, tremendous show, you know, like, thank you guys so much for doing this. Like, genuinely appreciating. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can tell it's just so genuine and, like, it's great to see that that um, it has an impact on someone. And not not only that, but they're going to share that and, you know, try and make us feel good about it. Thank you so much, Dawn. And not yeah. only that, but with with the especially with the YouTube comments and stuff, she's like one of the first ones to comment a lot of times. Like she is, she's on point. She knows the the schedule. She's when the new episode gets released, she watches it almost immediately. And you know, like you guys said, just to reiterate, like she's always out there. She's always trying to promote us and to to promote the show. Uh, and she only has nice things to say. She is not a troll. No, say that. opposite <laughs> of a troll, an angel, and she's um, a fucking angel, and and she's always in the uh, written and read discussion group on Facebook. Which, um, if anyone's listening, it's a great group where you can kind of share uh, dialogue about the show. 
Um, and just a- anything, really, anything horror-related. We let people share their books in there and promote themselves. Yeah. Wh- whatever you guys want to do, as long as we're all respectful, it's all good. And, and Dawn's really in there a lot, uh, you know, sharing and commenting. So we appreciate that, too. Yeah. I haven't had much or any, in, in, um, like, one-on-one interaction with her, but I have seen the comments on the written and read, and they're always positive, like you said, always motivating and uplifting. So I appreciate the comments that she's left for us. And hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Great recognition, guys. Not a more deserving person who's a, a true, uh, you know, viewer and listener of the podcast. Thank you so much, Dawn. We appreciate you. She keeps it 100% horror. She does. Dude. 100%. 100% <laughs> 100% horror. But we're getting ready to roll out. And um, we got more on. We got more good episodes coming up. I'm not going to release and let the cat out of the bag yet on what these topics are. But we're going to have some some cool shit on the horizon soon. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. But let's go ahead and give our our outro plugs here again. My name's Aaron Beauregard. I am the Splatterpunk. I, <laughs> you, you like you, you know what I noticed in uh, the yellow video that I did where I was doing the interview for it is I said Beauregard like in the beginning and then like two, like a minute into it I said Beauregard like right after that. Yeah, you need to see the pick one. Yeah, no, I like doing both. I can have fucking both. My fucking no, pick. not yours. <laughs> but uh, I like I like. Beauregard. Yeah. Like that's Beowulf. Fucking, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, guys, so again, uh you could reach out to me anytime on social media. Um again, my sub stack is a good place to subscribe to to get a monthly newsletter that encapsulates everything going on and you get some free chances to win shit. All smiles until I return has just been released. Survivors of Guilt, coming up with Matt Shaw, Nightmare Nirvana, Modern Hysteria. There's a lot of shit on my plate. Uh, Daniel? Everybody, Daniel J. Volpe. Find me on social media, mainly Facebook. Um, but my newest book, Left to You, is out now. Uh, again, hit me up for soul, signed copy. I can't fucking look at him. Cover his face. Uh, you guys can message me, Daniel Volpe, Volpe Guard. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my Substack. Uh, if you want to subscribe, get a monthly update. And again, I just giveaways on there as well. So uh, check it out. Um, Raw Dog, Raw Dog, Roland Bercy. I can't look at fucking Aaron right now. I'm not even looking at him. <laughs> um, I just I wanted to say I just did a live Q and A on Facebook um, Q and A with. Um, Brandy and Andy the other day, so if you guys want to check it out, it's on my Facebook page. It went so well. It was my first live Q and A. What is funny? I'm just, I'm just fucking dumb right now. I'm sorry. I just can't. I just can't even. I don't know. I'm a child sometimes. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, you can find me at my website, RolandBerseyJr.com. Um, hit me up on uh, Facebook, send me a message, find all of my stuff on Amazon, um, and I have Unbortion on Godless, and Carver Pike, take us out. And now, I'm sorry, you said I interrupted you, so I feel like I have to correct this. You did the mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the Andy Carroll uh, live, inter- live questionnaire, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I talked right? over that, so I'm sorry. Be sure to check out Andy's shit and 
That was awesome too. I caught that. That was a great job, dude. Their page, Book Nerds, is like at almost a hundred thousand followers or uh, yeah. members. So yeah. definitely jump on that shit now. That's a fucking the place to be. Awesome. Yeah. Go Carver. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Knock it off. Are we gonna fucking finish this thing or not? I'm Carver Pike. I'm Carver <laughs> Pike on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all. I have a Substack too, but you're probably not gonna win any shit. Because I'm a, I'm a cheap bastard, and I don't know. I gotta figure out how to give shit away like these guys do. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Great, great outro. Yeah, that's I'm sure fun. people are gonna be fucking all excited. All right, we gotta put a fucking end to this. I feel like we're trolling each other now. We've been talking about Let's fucking trolls here, right here. Put this episode to bed with a shot in the back of the head. All right. Well, again, guys, we are the Written and Red Podcast. If you have questions. Please go ahead and send them to written. Is it the written and red podcast, Roland, at gmail.com? Yeah. The written and red podcast at gmail.com. He has no fucking idea what it is. That's just like when you just say yes or no, but you're not sure. I love it, dude. Yeah, it's like, yeah. No, it's not the written and red. It's. It's written in red podcast at gmail.com. Bro, like, God no damn it. You're so, you're so lucky you fucking dedicated that book to me. Uh, and you're fucking <laughs> and sexy Daniel as fuck, Roland. You're going to oh, get a free pass. but uh, yeah. So it's written in red podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Guys, go ahead yes. and send some questions through. We love to hear the questions. Like Daniel said, it could be of any kind of nature about writing or personal stuff. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That really does help us out. Click the alert bell to get reminders. And um, subscribe on uh, you know Spotify or iTunes if you can. That, that stuff really does help, guys. And reviews on those platforms also help. So yeah. we thank you. And, guys, it's been a great, a great episode. I really, enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed it. And, again, until next time, keep it 100% horror.